It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And this is Calvary Live, and my name is Jeff Biggs, and I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. And I really am blessed to be with you for the next hour, ready to take your questions and prayer requests. As you heard, we just opened up the show. The number to call is 303-690-3000. So grab one of those open lines, and let's talk about the things of the Lord, the Scriptures, uh, what matters to you, how we are to live as a Christian, maybe perhaps current events that you see going on around you. How is it that we respond to those things as a Christian? So give me a call, 303-690-3000. And I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners, 101.7 in Southern Colorado, you there from Pueblo, uh, Fountain. I grew up in the Fountain area, Whitefield area, so I'd love to hear somebody from that area give me a call and say hello and ask me a question or a prayer request. And then also in the Colorado Springs area. And then 89.7 in Northern Colorado from Castle Rock up through the Denver metro area and on up through Boulder and Longmont and Fort Collins and Greeley up to southern Wyoming. I'd love to hear from you as well. And then I want to also welcome all the Hope FM uh, listeners on the East Coast and Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Maryland. Uh, Welcome to Calvary Live. You too can call, even though it's a week delay. You can call at this time, 303-690-3000, same number, and uh, we've had more calls coming in from the East Coast, so I appreciate you guys calling in and being part of the program, and we're so blessed to be a part of your lives for the next hour. And it really is a desire of me to be able to minister to you, answer your questions. Maybe you um, you just need some prayer, and we all need prayer, don't we? Don't be afraid to call in and ask for that prayer, and we'll all join in together and lift you up to the Lord. So 303-690-3000, grab one of those open lines. Maybe you've been wanting to call for a while. Uh, This is a time for you to be able to do that. And not only is it a question that maybe you have, but other listeners that are listening in are wondering maybe perhaps the same thing. So give me a call. Also, there's a means for you to text a text line for texting only, and we'll be happy to get to those questions as time permits. That number is 720 336-0897, 336 Put that in your favorite, and you can just pull it up whenever you want to be able to call and to be able to uh, uh, at 303-690-3000 or text at 720-336-0897. Hopefully you got those numbers. Also, I want to welcome all the Internet listeners that are listening on live, and we had a call from Minnesota yesterday. So if you're listening live on the Internet, you too can call at that number. I want to read to you from Psalm 18, and then we're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, but uh, in Psalm 18, I, I was reading this psalm again last night. It's one of my favorite psalms. It's a psalm that that David wrote after the Lord had delivered him from the hands of Saul. And uh, I've been... Uh, you know, getting emails and receiving calls from people who are really going through a difficult time. So the Lord laid this on my heart to just read to you that the Lord is faithful and he's going to work in your life. 
And David, he's just praising to God for his faithfulness. And he said that he sent from above. He took me and drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me. For they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my support. He also brought me out of a broad place. He's delivered me because he has delighted in me. For you will light my lamp. The Lord, my God, will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and but by my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He's a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. And he makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me on my high places. And so if you need prayer, we want to encourage you. We want to lift you up before the Lord and know that the Lord is with you and he's for you and he delights in you. Let's go to line one to Sharon in Fort Collins. Sharon? Yeah. You're on Calvary Live. Hi. Hey, I have a question for you. I'm walking through with my friend. Her daughter has an upcoming wedding in September, and um, she's being married to another woman. (laughs) And I just, you know, we are kind of in agreement that as Christians, I mean, we love love our lesbian and gay friends, but to— support to go to a wedding. I mean, and it's such a hard position for them. I mean, it's your daughter's wedding that they've been looking forward to. And and right, right. now they've, you know, told her that they can't attend. What what right. are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And it's, it's so difficult because I've had uh, parents and grandparents come to me and ask me that very question. And, you know, they're praying about it. And uh, they don't want to isolate their children or their grandchildren. They don't want to alienate them. They want to keep the communications open. Um, for me, the decision would be when I go to a wedding or officiate a wedding, those mm-hmm. at the wedding are saying, this is a blessing. We approve right. this. We're here to support. And right. that's difficult to do at a gay wedding. So for me, that's the deciding factor. Um, right. I wouldn't condemn anybody who feels like I need to be there to come, you know, I, they know how I feel. They know how uh, I believe in the Bible, what the Bible says about that. Um, so it is just such a difficult uh, decision to make. Um, but for me, that's the overriding decision for me personally. Um, right. And it would be, you know, you're there to celebrate and being there is um, you know, that symbol of approving it. And, and that's what makes it so hard and so difficult. But again, I can really feel for parents and really feel for grandparents and others who, you know, they love their child. And, and well, for sure. those of you, you know, who have children out there um, that are in um, homosexual lifestyle, I always tell the parents, keep loving them, try to keep being a witness to them, communicating to them, praying for them, definitely. But it's a little difficult when the wedding ceremony comes along, and um, and that's something that they need to take to the Lord and uh, really um, ask the Lord for guidance and peace in their hearts. Um, so yeah. hopefully that helps. Yeah, so. yeah well, that just kind of confirms what, what we've said. But, you know, it's it's kind of sad because there's, there's Christians that have—and it's— 
it's the same view, but it's kind of twisted because it's like, well, Jesus calls us to unconditionally love. And it's like, well, yeah, we love. But like you said, going to a wedding is totally different than anything else because it is a God-instituted relationship. And when it's not according to God's Word, you just can't go. And it's so scary that even that divides the Christian world, because it's like, oh, well, we've evolved to this thing where we just unconditionally love and accept and the wonderful word tolerate. (laughs) And it's like, you know, and then you become the black sheep of the family, the hater, the the judge or whatever. And it's like, no, we love unconditionally, but Jesus said, go and sin no more. So I just feel for him. But yeah, you you confirmed what, what... what God's yeah. speaking to them. So, and and oh, the okay. thing is, more Christian parents are facing this. But you know, Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He said, "What is light? You know, have fellowship with darkness." And um, right. And so, you know that that I'm here's here's the thing, Sharon. The wedding ceremony we have, in some ways, in our culture, in our society. Of course, we redefine marriage than the biblical marriage um, between a man and a woman. But we've also, I think, kind of lessened the importance of the wedding ceremony. Um, When I officiate a wedding, you know, I I tell the couple, I'm going to do everything that I can to, first of all, prepare you for after the wedding and premarital counseling, because we require that. But also in the wedding ceremony, I promise them that I will bring dignity and I will bring integrity and honor God in this marriage. And... So I don't do a lot of joking around. I don't do, you mm-hmm. know, I tell the guys, leave your pranks aside because it is something that is to it's be holy. revered. It's holy. Yeah, re- revered and, you know, and to be joyous. And, and it's serious. The, the second most important decision I think that anybody makes is who they're going to marry. You know, mm-hmm. next to the Lord, who you're going to marry is more important than where you're going to live, what car you're going to buy, what job you're going to take. I'm not saying those are not important decisions, but who you marry. So I like to hold the wedding ceremony up in high regards and elevate it because I think it's elevated in the scriptures. Um, and so that's where I'm at personally with it. So hopefully right. that helps you out. Well, and I guess another question then is, I mean, how do you pray for this couple? I mean, because, I mean, in... In Romans, I think one where it says because they didn't acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. I mean, it's like oh There's, my gosh, God gave them over because that's yeah. what they've chosen with their own free yeah. will. I mean, obviously yeah. there's still hope for them to come out of that lifestyle, but ha- is. how is the proper way to pray? Just pray that the Lord will open their eyes. Yeah, Sharon. And see, here's the thing. Paul also said in Romans chapter 1, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation. Mm. There is power in the gospel to change a person's heart. And we have had those in um, the homosexual lifestyle that have come and said they understand that it's sin, that it's, it's wrong. And uh, they've heard the word of God. They've heeded the word of God, and we rejoice uh, with them. And Mm -hmm. they come and said, we want to be held accountable. And it's also with anybody else that's involved in any kind of immorality, you know, whether it's a couple that comes and they're living together and they're not married. 
You know, we deal with that and things like that. So um, we want to be loving them to the point of giving them truth, just as I was just reading today in Ephesians chapter 4 once again, that we're to speak the truth in love, and um, we are going to call them to repent, and anybody else that's involved in sin to repent. We all need to repent from any sin that we're involved in and love them, love them enough to give them the truth, and then there's power in the gospel and give them the gospel. And to, um, you know, that's where your prayer is, Lord, open up their eyes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, because he's the one Mm -hmm. that comes in and washes us clean and changes our hearts. There's power in the gospel message. All right? Yeah. Yeah, would you mind praying just, you know, for the couple and and just, um, because, I mean, it brings such torment into the whole family. It's like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's it's a difficult time. And, Father, I do pray for... um, Sharon, her friends, and and they're dealing with a a daughter that uh, is going to be married in a a gay wedding. And, Lord, they're torn. They love their daughter. Uh, I'm sure they want to keep communications open, but they have a decision to make. So I pray that you put the things on their heart that uh, that you desire for them to do. And, Lord, Mm -hmm. that somehow they would continue to be able to communicate with their daughter Pray with her uh, and for her. And, Lord, I just pray that um, you would work mightily in this situation. Yes. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Yes. Amen. All right. Thank you very Sharon, much. You bet. Thanks for calling, Sharon. Okay. Bye-bye. You have a great day. You too. Okay. This is how it works is when somebody hangs up, there is an open line, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Chris in Centennial. Chris? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. Hi, how are you doing? Um, I just had a question. Um, I was wondering um, why, why, there had, why there is separation of the churches of Christ as far as like denominational-wise and worship-wise? Well, there, I think there's some good reasons, and I think there's bad reasons. Um, I think that sometimes the denominations, um, groups, that we can separate over issues that we really shouldn't. Uh, the overwhelming theme should be in the church is to understand that there's really only one body. Um, there's only really one church, and that is believers in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible teaches. But so there's only, a, the no- there's only a spiritual church, not a physical well, church here on earth? Well, there's a... Yeah, there's a physical church. That, you know, those who are believers are the church. Um, but when you, in kind of way I look at it is this. In Corinthians chapter 1, I'm going to take you to that. Paul was talking about the vision that was in the church. Um, and uh, he was talking to them. He said, um, because he was dealing with the Corinthian church on a lot of problems. And the very first problem that he addresses was the division that was there. And he writes in verse 12 of chapter 1, Now I say this, that each of you says, I'm of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And so here's Paul's talking about the carnality that came because they were divided. Some groups were saying, well, we're of Cephas, that is Peter. Some of them were saying, well, we're of Apollos. Some of them were saying, we're of Paul. And then this other group was over there saying, well, we're the real spiritual ones. We're of Christ. 
And in that, Paul was addressing because it caused division. So we do have different churches. Um, I cannot minister to everybody here in Greeley. Um, There are those Christians that want to go to perhaps a more charismatic church. There are those who perhaps want to go to a church that uh, does hymns and uh, is more formal. So there's different churches to be able to minister to Christians, and that's a good thing. But here's what uh, we can get into troubles and difficulties, is when we have those denominations and churches that ends up causing division in the body of Christ when it really yeah. shouldn't. You know, there are Baptists, and there are Presbyterians. And, and that's there's, what it seems you know, like, is that the body of Christ yeah. seems separated. You know, like Except, how the Bible says not to be, not to, for the body of Christ that it's not separated, right. that they should put yeah. their differences aside and then come yeah. together with the one, <laughs> one faith, one baptism, and one right. God. But I just, yeah, I just don't understand how come there hasn't yet to be a church to actually, like, accept all of the body of Christ, but at the same time remove all of the differences between them all. Like you yeah, said, it and, has, they have some good yeah. things but, and, and then some bad things, but I don't understand why they wouldn't just get rid of the bad things to right. give God and, what he's asking for. And, that, and that's what we just need to, you know, just uh, to, you know, be acceptable of, you know, there are churches here that if I went there, they're not doing anything wrong, but I wouldn't be comfortable in the church service. And, um, but that's okay. They're my brothers and sisters. And, you know, one of the things, uh, Chris, that the Lord has really shown me in my 25 years of ministry, because I thought, you know, uh, when, you know, we started the church or I was at, you know, part of Calvary Chapel that we got to corner on ministry And I've realized that over the years, I cannot minister to everyone. And I'm very thankful for what the Lord is doing in other churches here in Weld County and in Greeley. There's some great churches here that the pastors love the Lord. They're teaching the Word. Uh, The Greeley Wesleyan Church, uh, there is uh, Journey Church, there is Christ Community. There is a lot of ministry that's taken place here, and I very much appreciate the pastors that are there. We may not agree on everything, but that, that's okay. They don't agree with me on everything, and but they're doing the work of, uh, of the kingdom, and uh, um, there's many others that are here, and I'm very, very grateful and thankful for them and the work that they're doing. So that division should not be over things that shouldn't divide us, and we should be ones that and I think that as that, I've talked to a few pastors around here, that they feel the same way that I do. Yeah. So, well, since since it is um, separated the way it is, um, mm-hmm. do you do you believe that it's part of the falling away? That like, are we are we in that about that time around where the falling away is uh, Paul t- apparent now? Paul talks. Yeah, Paul talks about a great falling away in Second Thessalonians chapter two, and what he's talking about specifically in that um, is when in the last days, when the Antichrist comes on the scene. Now, one of the signs that is showing us that we're getting closer to the return of the Lord is that um, in some of the churches, mainline denominations, there has been a falling away from the Scriptures. There's been a adoption um, of that which is sin, uh, which the Bible clearly speaks about. So there is to be unity in the body of Christ. And here's the thing, Chris, um, there is unity. 
we are one body. Um, but there are those who have um, fallen away from the truth. And the, one of the signs, I believe, in the last days is that it's going to continue to do that. He says um, that uh, there is going to be, let no one deceive you by any means. This is Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. For that day will not come unless a falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. That's is the Antichrist. So there is going to be, in the last days, a false world church that's going to be on the scene, Revelation chapter 17, that's going to be supported by the Antichrist. It's kind of what Paul is saying here in verse 3 of Second Thessalonians chapter 2. So there will be a false church, and Jesus said one of the signs of the end is going to be false Christ and false you know, prophets and teachers there will be many of them. He didn't say there will be a few, but there will be many of them. And so we need to be wise and discerning, and we need to stand on the Scripture. So there's um, some things that we shouldn't divide over, you know, music, you know, uh, what kind of music we play or uh, one, certain one things. One thing that worries me is the, uh, is the Bible and how, they, and how, yeah. each, how the churches um, preach out of the different Bibles, when it, whether they're the NIV or the New King James Version um, or, the actual, right. or the actual King James Version. But I, just, I, don't, I don't know why we would be having a falling away if, um, if, if the Bible, if we, were, if we were following all of the same uh, faith, right. or if we were all having the same faith and same uh, belief in, in God. Yeah, if we're following the Scriptures, and that's the key, is holding on to what the Scriptures have to say. And some may look at it, you know, a little bit different when it comes to the end times or the style of worship and things like that, but those things shouldn't divide us. The key is, are we holding on to the gospel message, the truth of who God is, the truth about salvation, and and about morality, and God's Word, we need to, to cling to those things. And one of the things, Chris, that I'm doing um, starting um, a week from tomorrow is a series on standing firm in the last days. And the very first week is going to be standing firm in the Word of God. And Paul warned that in the last days that uh, it's going to be perilous times, that uh, evil you know, imposters are going to grow worse and worse and deceiving and, and bringing that deception, and we are seeing it, and we need to filter everything through the Word of God. Awesome. Um, I have just one quick thing. Do you, do you believe that the—well, uh, do you think that there's a possibility that the interpretations of the Bibles now that we have um, could be taking us away from the, actual, from the first interpretation just because they're actual interpretations of an interpretation themselves? Well, there's some very good uh, translations of the Bible, the King James, New King James, some others, and I think it's a study that, to look at. There's a word-for-word translation. Um, I'm not much into the thought-for-thought translations or the paraphrase. I really don't um, hold to or read at all. But there's some good translations out there. It's something that believers need to study. I've been using the New King James um, for, you know, ever since I've been teaching. It's, it's a translation that I trust. Um, there are some out there that are King James only, um, but, you know, the, the, the clearest translation is going to be in the Greek, New Testament, Hebrew, and the Old Testament. Yeah. And, um, but we do want a word-for-word translation, and there's some good ones out there. But you don't think that those, have, that those play any part in the falling away? 
No, I think it's getting away from the scriptures. I think it's denying who Jesus is. Um, it is denying uh, salvation, the doctrine of salvation, the essentials of Christianity, the Trinity, the virgin birth, um, all these things that you see that are even being questioned in the church today. Um, there are pastors that are behind the, the pulpit. The problem isn't the translations. The problem is is that pastors are behind the pulpit more and more saying they don't believe in the inspiration, infallibility, and the inerrancy of Scripture. And they, how, how come? How come that? How come they're feeling that way? Is it? Is it because well, of because the Bible that they're reading, or, well, or no? It's because else? it has because to do with their hearts, I think, and they only want to adhere to certain parts of the Bible, and um, rather than taking what Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen says that all Scripture is is inspired by God or God breathed, not part of it, not just the parts you like. What about the one, the Galatians one nine, when it warns about their the other words, the other words it, being uh, yeah, occurred. Paul writing to Paul writing to the Galatians at a time when the Judaizers were coming in, and they were saying that for you to have salvation, it is faith, and you have to be circumcised. Paul says, if anybody brings any other gospel than what we have brought, let that even if it's an angel, let that angel be a curse. So. You know, the gospel is clear in the scriptures, the the, the doctrine of justification, um, and we need to hold on to it. Uh, but there are those who, again, who are claiming to be Christians, saying, well, there is salvation apart from Jesus Christ, faith in him, the atoning work of Jesus Christ, even denying the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And those yeah, are, <laughs> you know, yeah, absurd. And it's it's dangerous. And we need yeah. to hold on to the scriptures, what the scriptures clearly say. All right? Yeah. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. You bet, Chris. Thanks for, you know, calling. And, and these are important discussions. So Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless. You bet, Chris. God bless you. All right, let's go to, before we go to break, I want to go to Chuck and Aurora. Chuck? Hey, how you doing, brother? Good. How can we minister to you? Well, quick background. Um, about 27 months ago, I left California, came out here and gave my life to God, and completely turned my life around after living homeless for three and a half years, after giving up my life. Shortly after that, my first blessing I received was a brother of mine named C.D. Miller I met out at Fort Carson. And got to know him really good. Long story short, um, we laid him to rest on Friday. And shortly before I came out of here, I had a gentleman stop on the side of the road and preach to me for two hours from New York. And he had told me that God had a plan for me to preach to people out in the desert. Yeah, I had no idea what that meant at the time because I was okay. still an addict. And uh, so after I got out of here and I, I met this uh, brother of mine, I migrated him immediately because he was a strong word, man, word of God, and was very inspirational. And um, not knowing how deep his addictions were in his past, um, it ultimately, with the bitterness that he had with his family problems and things going on in his life, it wound up ultimately taking his life. And uh, I'm so sorry. I'm pretty, I'm still pretty, you know, kind of lost about it. Um, but I do know that God gave him to me temporarily as a blessing to teach me 
not to be a, a, a man to preach the, the actual gospel like I know, you know, like he knew all the scriptures and whatnot, but how to be a loving child of God to fellowship with people, non-believers, believers, and just be open and, and share my beliefs and, and, and my miracles that have happened in my life with other people. That's what I learned through my brother. And uh, yeah. it's hard. Um, I really need a lot of prayers for their family, um, as well as myself, because I still, you know, have a hard time with it. I'm at work right now. I can't talk long. But, um, okay. Uh, hey, Chris, we're, we're getting ready to go to break here in just a few seconds. You're going to hear the music in, like you're hearing right now. But after the break, I'm going to pray for you. And uh, if you want to hang on, that's fine. If you want to just listen, uh, that's great as well. But we'll go to prayer when yeah, we come right I'm back. Gonna, I'm going to go ahead and go and just say some prayers for the okay. Miller family, please. Thank. Okay, we'll see you. Thank you. Bye. Uh-huh. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. I am Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Delighted to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. We have open lines, and we'd love to talk to you about the scriptures, questions that perhaps you have uh, concerning God's Word or Christian living. Maybe you have prayer requests, and I'd love to spend some time with you. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be live on the air. And I do want to pray for Chuck uh, from Aurora. He was praying for the, wanted prayer for the Miller family. He's gone through a loss. And uh, so, Chuck, I just want to uh, let you know that we are going to be praying right now. And I want to give you some scripture real quick. I, I know you had to hang up and get going before the break. Uh, but in Psalm 62, um, that David writes, that my soul silently waits from God, from him comes my salvation. And he only is my rock and my salvation. And he is my expectation and only is my rock and my salvation, he's my defense, and God is my salvation and my glory, and he is my refuge. And then you, O oh God, early will I seek you, and my soul thirsts for you. So, you know, I just want to, to pray, Father, for, um, for the Miller family. They've gone through loss. You know who they are. I thank you for uh, Chuck just calling, and a friend of his has been lost, and it's devastating, and the grief and the sorrow. And Lord, I just lift up this family to you, and we just pray for them, for your comfort. You are the God of comfort who comforts us in all of our tribulations, That, as Paul writes in Second Corinthians. And Lord, that you would bring the strength they need and the comfort and a peace that passes understanding in their hearts. And so, Lord, work. And Lord, I pray that you would work in a way of bringing everyone closer to you, to lean on you, for you are our strength, and you're our salvation and our refuge. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's go to Corey in Maryland. Corey? Yes, Pastor, how are you? Good, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. You bet, thanks for calling. So my question is uh, about the book of Genesis, uh, the beginning. You know, specifically on the first day, God says, let there be light, and there was light. But uh, if I remember correctly, it wasn't until the third day or so that he set the moon and sun and stars in the sky. 
So my question oh, no. is, what's meant by the light on the first day, and where did it come from? Yeah, that's kind of a good question, and you know, I'll give you a reference. You can probably read more specifically on this, Answers in Genesis. Have you heard of their ministry? No, I haven't. Answers in Genesis, um, great ministry, and they have, you go on their website, and they answer all these questions, and you're probably going to get a more satisfactory answer. (laughs) From me, it's kind of like, um, you know, it, it is interesting that he created the light, and then he set the sun and the, the stars. Um, and, of course, the moon, we see the light reflection off the sun. But here's the thing, I think. He created the light, and then he attached the star on the back of it. And I think he did it just to blow our minds. So, in other words, when you look up at a star, somebody will say, well, that's two million light years away. away. So it takes two million you know, years at the speed of light for that light from that star to get to us. What God kind of did is he created the light first, and then he attached the star on the back. That's how I get it. And he's able to do that. And, um, but, you know, to get a more satisfactory answer, I think that you can read um, Answers in Genesis, Dr. Ken Ham. They have resources, good resources, that will really you can dig into and um, be able to answer your questions on all that. So, sure. um, yeah. So well, that, that's, that makes that's, sense. Best. So, you know, as as a follow up, I mean, you know, would you uh, do you think that there was any correlation between that and Lucifer? I mean, the name Lucifer literally meaning bearer of light, and you yeah. know, as you know, before the fall, he was an angel. So, I was wondering if you know there was any common consensus around uh, any influence from that aspect. There's a, there's a lot of thought, and I haven't read you know every thought on it and stuff. There's thought that somehow that Satan played a role here in the beginning of creation, um, that the earth was void and darkness was upon the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face, and um, and then somehow as that earth was void, it had something to do with Satan rebelling and the angels and the war in heaven and all of this stuff. We don't know sure. for sure. We don't know when Satan rebelled. But here's a reference, I think, in Ezekiel that's kind of interesting, because in Ezekiel talks about uh, Lucifer, doesn't he? And I believe it's chapter 14. Let me see if um, I can get it. But um, in the book of Ezekiel, uh, he talks about how is, um, he's a, he was a created cherubim. He was perfect and that um, he was in the garden, so um, and he was a worship leader. Um, and I know I'm going to find it here, and I thought I could find it on my own without pulling it up, but it's in Ezekiel, and um, we know that uh, he uh, was in the garden. So I don't know, um, Corey, when I read that, and um, in Ezekiel, was he in the garden as a worship leader? It says, you know, when he, um, you know, just the beautiful music, a, a, a creation of perfection and all of this. Did he see God and Adam walking in the cool of the day? And he got jealous and he said, I want to be like God. I want to sit on the throne. I want to be worshipped as God because that's something Satan's always wanted. 
So sure, you go sure. to Isaiah uh, that talks about that. So we don't know when that took place, when Lucifer fell and became Satan. Jesus said, I saw Lucifer fall like lightning, you know, to the earth. So we tend to think that God created man, Adam, and Eve, and then 10 minutes later, here came Satan. It could have been years. It could have been years after they were created. So those are all interesting things to to consider and think about. Uh, But there are those who do have those theories about Genesis 1, about somehow... um, Lucifer was there, and, um, you know, he, he the war that went on, and that's why the earth was void and, and all of this. So. Sure. That makes perfect sense, Pastor. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for your question. It's good. And again, Ezekiel, if I had time, I'd pull it up for you. But it's there in Ezekiel. I know I'll find it. You know what will happen, Corey? I'll go home and I'll say, <laughs> oh, that's the chapter that it was in. So, um, but it is there um, in Ezekiel. and I will I, look for it tonight. Yeah. You know what? It's chapter 28 of Ezekiel. Okay. Great. You were to seal perfection, full of wisdom of perfect and beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. That's what interests me, Corey. Every precious stone was your covering. You were the anointed cherub who covers, I establish you. You were in the holy mountain of God. So you walk back and forth. Um, so it makes you wonder if he was in the garden at that time. and sure. um, In the garden. So anyway, thanks for your question. Good question. And thanks for calling in from Maryland. Thanks, Pastor. Have a great one. You too. God bless you. Bye. All right. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Gail and Evans. Hello, Pastor Gail. You're, you're on Calvary Live. Yes, um, a caller, a couple of callers ago, that lost his brother, his friend, or mentor, yeah. um, that was homeless for three and a half years, um, touched my heart. And the homeless here in the Evans Greeley area, I just feel, is a real problem, and the discernment to give to them, especially the homeless vets that hold up the signs. I just was wondering, you know, where discernment, you know, I pray for discernment and hope that by tithing where I'm fed to the church, knowing that there are outreach programs, I mean, I'm not really um, physically well enough to go out and I, I, I guess I just don't know the best way. And that gentleman that was homeless um, what is the best way to help our homeless people here in our community? Well, um, there, there are, yeah, there are ministries that are in this area um, that, and there are homeless. There's um, yes. those who um, are out there. There's also, there was an article, Gail, just recently in the Greeley Tribune that our um, police chief just wrote about, about being careful for those who do, unfortunately try to take advantage of others by holding the signs and and they're really um are scamming the people and I'll so try that up. Yeah, thank yeah you. and he has some very good advice on that but but here's the thing there are some ministries like salvation army there's some um the, some other uh churches that have done uh meals ministry that i know of uh, we've helped supported that 
And but um and I think yeah, to the, a community church some of that um does trickle right. into some of the um community outreach programs I'm sure. Right. Right. And and so it's you know the Guadalupe Center uh, Catholic Charities, there's there's a number of them, and it is becoming, what I'm hearing, Gail, uh, more, uh, more of a challenge for communities because there seems to be, there's, you know, there's a difference between transient and then homeless, and um, there are those who are passing through more, maybe because of the marijuana initiative or whatever the case may be, that there's more transients that are coming into um, the cities and stuff. But there are ministries that are out there that have great compassion to be able to feed. And so, you know, you may call, you know, start with the Guadalupe Center, which is uh, a place for the homeless. They do feeding, and then they can tell you some of the other ministries that are there. I know Waypoints downtown. Uh, they are feeding the homeless on certain days. Um, I got a, actually a good friend um, that is working with that ministry, and uh, we've helped support that ministry as well. So they're they're out there, and uh, and we as Christians we want to help where the Lord leads us and Absolutely. reach out as well. Yeah. So can we pray? Sermon. I just I pray yeah. for them and that gentleman a couple callers back. I just really was I feel. He was so blessed, and I wish we could reach more. Right, and um, so, but I would read that article that was in the Greeley Tribune. Um, Thank you. At, that uh, police of chief, uh, chief police of Gardner. chief, mm-hmm. chief of police Gardner, and he's a very wise man. And um, I, it was a very, very well written, very good article because I we don't know, but they deal with the public every single day, so they give us great wisdom to be able to watch out and not be scammed. And, um, and it's hard to tell. So absolutely. Do you have time for one more quick question about tithing? Sure. Go ahead. Um, Where, where would you suggest someone that isn't a member of a church, but like is being fed by the word, um, on the radio station, um, rather than picking, um, you know, just this person or that charity. I mean, where do I think there might be other people out there that don't tithe on a regular basis, just not knowing where you know would be a good place yeah, and, to tithe. And and that's between them and the Lord, and and the decision that you make. You know, if you belong to a church, I think it's important to give. The, the you know, and I was talking to somebody about it even today that the. Um, you know, the prerequisite for giving or, you know, the conditions for giving is to give willingly, freely, cheerfully. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And um, for those the, that the, don't have a church, though, I just, right. like I said, whether it's through the ministry, I am really fed by the word on Grace FM. Then, you know what? Show. Then and, I would, that's, again, so you can support Grace FM. You can get online. You can support them. I tell you, Grace FM is a wonderful, wonderful blessing to me personally and to all of us here in Northern Colorado. So a great opportunity to give to them, you know, as the Lord leads to the radio, you know, different radio programs you can give to under the fig tree or, you know, however the Lord leads you. You go to the Lord and he'll lead you and guide you in that. 
Thank you. You are welcome, Gail. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Let's go to Katie and Greeley. Hi, Hi Katie. Pastor. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good, thanks. Hey, I was listening when you were talking to um, a caller earlier on the different translations of the Bible, and yeah. I just wanted to comment on this because um, I I had been doing that a couple of years ago. I was talking with one of my coworkers about getting into the Bible and and reading and studying and all, and and he isn't he wasn't uh, a believer at that time, and so he kind of came back with a. Uh, comment of, well, uh, how do I know I can trust that? And I said, well, gosh, you know, it's the Bible, and and like you had said, it was um, breathed by the Word of God. And he said, even the new Queen James? And, boy, uh, um, the shock just... Can you say say that again, Katie, the new Queen James? Yes, yes. (laughs) And I, I had to backtrack, I went and looked online, and Pastor, there is a new Queen James version of the Bible. And so I just wanted to to tell you that, because now, whenever I talk to anybody about Scripture, I'd be very specific about the different translations, um, because there's some weird stuff out there. There is, and you know, the King James Version is a word-for-word. The New King James is a word-for-word. The American Standard Version is a word-for-word. Revised Standard Version, a word-for-word. And um, so, you know, there's New American Bible. I I got this chart here that talks about all the different translations, and they don't even cover it at all. And um, Yeah. And, you know, the New King James, of course, and that's what I've been living. I've been reading the New King James. I, uh, You know, the the English Standard Version is another one word for word. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's, a, there's some weird things out there, of course. Well, and, there are. Uh, I used the New King James, or started after I started going to Calvary there, and, and I love it. It's very easy to read and understand. Um, it is. And then there was a caller a while back that talked about... Um, they call it the near translation, and I believe uh-huh. that must be a thought for thought. I did go in and kind of look at it, but there's getting right. to be um, quite a bit of stuff, and so I just wanted to to say, you know, we've got to be really careful what we what we study right. because we can be led astray pretty easily with with the garbage that's out there. So that yeah, was all camp- I had, Pastor. Yeah, and there is. I think there's even a gender-neutral translation now, and and <laughs> and and all these different things. So um, stick to a good word-for-word translation. And you know, people they they a lot of them have the New King James, NIV, you know, ESV. Those are translations that you can read and um, study God's word from and gain a lot. So, hey, right. thanks for your comments, Katie. Appreciate okay, it. have a good evening. You too. God bless you. You too, Pastor. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. We have another caller from Greeley. It's good to hear from you guys. Joe in Greeley. Hi, Pastor Jeff. Um, How are you? I have... Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you. Um, 
I had a question about the nature of somebody being divorced and remarried, like when Jesus is talking about adultery in uh, Matthew, I think it's chapter 5, because I've heard it compared to a, a homosexual relationship, as in, like, it's a perpetual sin, and they're in just as much sin as people who are in a homosexual relationship. Well, um, I think probably what you're looking at, are you looking at Matthew chapter 19? Is it 19? I'm sorry. Yeah, and and here's perhaps where um, maybe they're getting at. They come to Jesus, and they ask him about, um, I'm in Luke here, I'm so used to Luke on Sunday morning, Matthew chapter 19. They come to Jesus, and they ask him about marriage in divorce, and is it permissible to um, give a certificate of divorce? And Jesus gives the definition of marriage, doesn't he? He says, mm-hmm. have you not read from the very beginning that uh, that he made them male and female, and for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and join to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And I think that in that, Joanne, is um, is that he comes and he gives the definition of marriage. He puts the stamp of approval in Genesis chapter 2. He says, God made him male and female, and the intention and the definition of marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, and the father, uh, the man shall leave his father and mother and join to his wife, cleave to his wife, and they become one flesh. So they become one. And then Jesus said, that is God's intention that they should not separate. That is God's intention that marriage, biblical marriage, and God-ordained marriage, not man. Man comes along and redefines it. But in this holy institution, um, in this holy ordinance that God uh, made from the very beginning, is to be between a man and a woman. And his intention is, is that that they be joined together for as long as they both shall live. Let no man separate. We know that that's God's will. But then they came along and they said, well, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce? And Jesus talks about that. Well, it wasn't that way from the beginning, but he permitted because of hardness of heart. And then he goes on and he says, for biblical um, you know, reason to divorce is um, that if you divorce— your wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, you commit adultery. Whoever marries who is divorced commits adultery. And there was a lot of things going on with the different rabbis and what they were teaching, but he says that if you divorce, there is sin, and and it's not God's best, but it's not an unforgivable sin. But then Jesus goes on and he teaches on celibacy in that. And I think maybe that's what you were asking, and maybe the, where they're getting this question about homosexuality. It says, all cannot accept this saying, but only those who, whom it's been given. For there are eunuchs who were born from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. Was was they touching on that, Joe? Hmm. Joanne? Well, I think, <laughs> I think what they were saying was... Um, when Jesus claimed that anybody who divorces and remarries commits adultery, that they're in like uh-huh. a perpetually adulterous relationship, therefore they've fallen out of God's yeah. grace. So, yeah, and so they committed adultery, but Jesus didn't say they're living in adultery, okay? Oh, okay. And I, I think that's where we need to be careful. 
And um, because I've heard, you know, uh, people go to, to seminars and it's like, you know, they got divorced and, you know, they married somebody who also got a divorce. And all of a sudden we're being told we're living in adultery. Doesn't our marriage count? And what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to divorce my spouse now and go back to the other? It, it, it just creates all kinds of confusion and problems. Listen, it's sin, but it's not an unforgivable sin. And 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 it's something that marriage is to be taken very seriously and um, and Paul writes about in First Corinthians chapter seven some other principles that are there for us: the desire to be restored to your, you know, if you divorce, to wait and to see if you can be restored. But here's the thing: there's a lot of circumstances. Sometimes, you know, if you get divorced and um, you know you divorce before you're a Christian and then you become a Christian and then you know, your ex-spouse got married again, there's there's different scenarios and stuff. But to say to somebody that, hey, because you got remarried, you're living in adultery, I think is overextending what the Scripture says. You committed adultery, but you're not living in adultery. You are married in the eyes of God. You've signed that wedding license, and God sees you as being married. Okay. That makes sense to me. Just, yeah. and And I think we can beat people up. Uh, with that. Um, so we want to be careful. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just didn't have an argument back. I just, you know, my mouth hangs open. So <laughs> <laughs> It is it's hard. And, and for everyone listening out there, you know, when we started the show, we talked about that marriage is a holy institution, and we are to take it very seriously. But Jesus said, you know, about divorce, it's not a, it's, you know, he, he gives a clear command there. He says, if you marry another except for sexual immorality, you commit adultery. We can't take away from what the Scripture says. And so I think what is happening in our culture and society is we're saying um, that uh, we are, um, you know, we are dumbing down marriage, we are redefining marriage, and, you know, it is something that is be held in high regard and the other thing, Joanne, that we r- are running into is that there's more and more Christians that are, um, you know, thinking it's okay to live together and that they don't have to be married. And the Bible's very clear that that is sin. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that we need to stand firm on the Word of God. And um, we need to uh, help those two, though, that have gone through a divorce and who are hurting um, and to um, do everything we can to, you know, continue to pray for them. If there's a chance for the marriage to be restored and healed, whatever the case may be. So, mm-hmm. all right. Yes. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling, Joanne. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Bye. Okay. All right. We're nearing the end of the show. We only got a few minutes. Um, and, um, I do want to let you know that here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, we are going to start a very important um, series. I haven't had a chance to even talk about it uh, because we've had uh, so many callers coming in, which is great. That's what this show is all about. But I just want to remind you that starting a week from tomorrow on Wednesday night, tomorrow we'll finish the Song of Solomon. We're going to do a four-week series on standing firm in the last days. And I hope you can join us for that 7 o'clock. We do have nursery and children's ministry and youth groups that meet. Come out and join us, especially if you're trying to finish up 
summer plans and vacations and weekend getaways and all that, Wednesday night's a great option for you to come. We have dynamic worship and uh, come and join us for that series, Standing Firm in the Word of God. is going to be week number one, Standing Firm um, in Godly Decisions. And week number three is going to be Standing Firm as a Family and then Standing Firm as a Church as we finish that four-week series. And then we'll go into the book of Isaiah on Wednesday nights. But I hope you can join us. We're easy to find. You can check us out on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. We're just three blocks west of 23rd Avenue on 27th Street. Those of you in the Greeley area, and I know you're listening because you've been calling in, uh, we're just a couple blocks west of Texas Roadhouse, and everybody knows where Texas Roadhouse is in Greeley. So um, come and join us for this really important series. And we got kids that are going to be going back to school. Um, we got uh, students going back to the university, UNC here in Greeley, Ames, which is the largest uh, community college in the state. And we want to be equipped. We want to be equipped uh, and equip them uh, for the college campus, for high schoolers uh, to be f- standing firm in this world that just comes against us. And uh, so I hope this series helps. So come join us on Wednesday night starting August 9th for four weeks standing firm in the last days and to stand firm in the word of god hey sorry we didn't get to everybody's text question and everybody's call but i appreciate you calling in and um and till next time god bless you all Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.